Life is hard. God is good. Let's dance. And Brant Hansen is with us to tell us why we should dance in the midst of all that. Well, I am curious to find out why Brand thinks we need to be dancing in that way. But uh, before we get going, I, I want to just ask you first on, how's your joy level this morning? You feeling a lot of joy? Yeah. I, I'm blissfully like don't even Bliss know. even? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm here. So I'm here are for you going to break out in a dance move here pretty soon? Well, I you can. You got a favorite dance move? I've got the disco ball. I, I can do this. All yes. Right. And we've got party lights here in the studio, the crown, the tiara on the on the microphone. I'm ready for it. So you look like you're ready for the party. I'm looking at Brant Hansen through the computer screen here this morning. And Brant is a syndicated radio personality, best-selling author. And Brant, you look like quite the academic with all those books behind you this morning. I, but I know from just meeting you before that you're, you're ready for the dance party. So what is your favorite dance move? You got one? Well, I mean, I do everything. I do the worm. Nice. <laughs> to the glory of God. And also of uh, the robot. I'm pretty good with that. I Can think you that bless people. I don't know what that is because I'm not hip enough. But <laughs> maybe the Charleston and maybe like some classic dancing from Russia, that sort of stuff. I could do that. A little jitterbug. There, I, I'm picturing the Irish dancing with the uh, upper body perfectly still and the, the feet going crazy right. here. Well, yes. Brant has uh, written the book, Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. I love the title of that. And uh, you, you spent some time talking about joy in this book. But uh, Brant, life is hard. We see the headlines. We see you know, the war in Israel and Gaza. We see what's going on in Ukraine. We have our own personal headlines. Uh, we have all these things that are really hard, yet we know God is good, and that feels super messy. So in the middle of the mess, why are you coming out with, let's dance? Because the kingdom of God is beautiful, and it's wonderful, and we know where we're going. And I'm not I'm not talking about, like, just, just see, hey, we're going to go to heaven, so it's all good, we'll be out of here. I and mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, right now we can actually be thankful for the goodness of God in the midst of everything. Nothing is new under the sun. He's not worried about anything, but people will act in this culture. If you're not anxious and upset about something like he must be crazy. But I mentioned the story in acts that people don't talk about this very much, but there's like, it says how many people are on the boat. It's like 256 people or something. And it's going down in a storm and everybody knows they're going to die. We are going to die. The, the captains of the ship, everybody, there's one guy on the boat who's not sweating at all. And that's Paul, because God had told him, you know what, the boat is going to crash, but everybody's going to be okay. Now, from any perspective at all, objectively, you'd be like, he's the crazy one. Right. Right? So in, in a culture where we're like, there's so much going on, don't you understand? You should be anxious. You should be. Here's Jesus again saying, you can be like the birds of the air. They're worried about today. That's it. That's it. They don't have to worry about anything, honestly, but like they're only focused on today. They're not worried about tomorrow. But humans are the only creatures on the planet who can borrow trouble from next week or next year or this election or that incident or what's going to. But Jesus isn't surprised by any of this. He's telling us to focus on today and not try to control things we can't. Now, everything in the media is suggesting you should be upset and fearful and angry. But that's not what we're called to. We're supposed to be so hopeful that people are like, what's the deal? And we're supposed to have an answer for that question. Like, why are you so hopeful in the midst of all this? So that's what the book is about. And it's about how to be uh, not anxious in this culture and how to be so different. It is refreshing. And it is joyful. Being joyful isn't an emotion. It's a, I like what Dallas Willard said. It's a, 
pervasive sense of well-being, regardless of circumstances, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. matter what. No you can matter be, what. No matter what. You can be grieving and still have at the bottom this sense of well-being. And it's rooted in what you know to be true. It's not naivete. It's not that you're you're ignorant of what's happening. No, no, no. You know, but you know more. You know the goodness of God in the in the end of all this. Like that's a pretty strong hand that we should be dealing with. But we have to remind ourselves of that because it's so much of the world is trying to make us anxious. I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Brant. It's so true, and it should be true of every. Christ follower, and yet we find ourselves unfortunately looking more like the world and fretting and wringing our hands and not abiding in the joy. And I am curious if there's some outsourcing going on. Paul in the boat, was he outsourcing his worries? Yeah, I I talk about outsourcing your worries, which sounds gimmicky and, and cheesy or something, but it's not. I was reading this book by Tim Ferriss. He's like a business guy. I don't know, but I didn't actually finish the book. I'm sure it's good. He actually was joking. He said to his personal assistant in India, he's like, I outsource everything. She schedules my dental appointments, everything. But he said one day he was really worried about something. He actually said to her, hey, can you worry about this for me today? (laughs) And and she's like, okay. I love that. But the funny thing was, he's not coming at it from a Christian perspective or anything. But he said, you know what was weird? It worked. Like knowing someone else was worrying about something for me. See, worry a lot of times psychologically is, is a form of control. We think by worrying, we're going to affect the future. So it's like, well, if I have somebody else worrying about it, well, outsourcing your worry is a very biblical idea. Old Testament and New Testament. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Cast your anxieties. Throw it to him. The, the awesome thing is he can actually do something about it. Unlike your personal assistant. But that's what we're actually told to do, to say, this isn't my department. So you have something on your mind that's weighing on you. I get it. But what we're supposed to do is take it to him, tell him what we're thankful for, and cast it on him. That'll actually help us not be anxious. Then it says the peace of Christ will guard our heart. But it's got to be with gratitude because gratitude will crowd out anxiety. It's very difficult to be grateful and anxious at the same time. So once again, the Bible is genius about how to handle human psychology, like outsourcing it. Just say, this isn't my department. God, you're going to have to take care of this. Mm-hmm. And you talk to him about it. That yeah. is incredibly healthy. Incredibly healthy, incredibly faithful, which is what he calls us to because he is faithful. Life is hard. There's no doubt about that. No one distracts or detracts from that statement. God is good. That is equally as powerful, if not more, because he's our creator, sustainer, and he's our salvation. So let's dance. Brant Hansen with us today. Been looking forward to this conversation. We're going to come back to more of it. You want to join it? 800-555-7898. We have the dance lessons come from Brant Hansen this morning. Sparkle, chill, and dancing. Life is hard. God is good. Let's dance. Brant, you're talking about trusting the Lord. You're talking about a perspective shift and looking at Scripture and and walking in the truth. But as you say these things, they're things that if you've been a believer for a while, you've heard over and over again. And when you look at your life, you look in the mirror and you go, yeah, but that's just not true of my life. I don't know how to outsource my worry. I don't know how to walk in the truths of Scripture. I mean, this is a reality for many in the church 
And I know you're helping us with this, but what would you share with us this morning about recognizing there is a way to take the next step? There is, there is a way to lead, like the, the kingdom way of living that Jesus is showing us is a way to not be anxious. It is. He's not being crazy when he says this. He took his disciples out on the lake. Remember, he brought a cushion with him. This is in Mark. And it astonishes me that the word cushion is in Mark because why? <laughs> it's like he's the least <laughs> detailed writer and he includes this cushion thing. He's asleep and the storm kicks up and you may be, oh, I've heard this story. Okay, but think about this. This was his idea. He It was his idea to go out on the lake. So they take these boats out there. They're all freaking out. He's asleep. This is, this is a test. Do you realize by now, my friends, my followers, that you can trust me? Even if things are going crazy, that you're going to be okay. Even if the ship goes down, even if the worst case scenario happens, trust me. You don't have to be worried. And this is a, a way to live that is not unreasonable. Here's the thing, though. Your anxiety, a, bit, a, lot, a large part of our anxiety is based on what we pay attention to. Like, that's who we're becoming. What you pay attention to is who you're going to be. It, it's what shapes you. If you're going to take in six hours of news or even an hour, like every day, just the pounding, pounding, pounding of information coming at you through your phone or through the, like, they're not invested in peace. But this is a gift from Jesus. He let, he said, I don't give as the world gives. He's talking at the Last Supper, like, I'm going to leave you with my peace. And a lot of us as believers are like, well, that's a nice gift, but I'd rather have news 24-7. <laughs> well, that's not going to work. I have to actually take captive my thoughts. I can speak to them if I'm feeling anxious. I can tell myself the truth. There's a lot of this in Scripture. So you can actively do this. You You call things to mind to negate the stuff that you're thinking about that's dumb. And we all do this. We have dumb trains of thought, but we can arrest that and speak truth to, to it. Like in Lamentations, it wasn't dumb, but the but Jeremiah, whatever, he's talking about everything is going crazy. The country is being destroyed. I see it happening. It's all coming apart. And then he says, yet I call this to mind, and I therefore have hope because of the Lord's great love for us, we are not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Yeah. So he's like, I see the news. I know it's all going down in flames, but I call this to mind. His, he's faithful. I don't have to be worried. And I have a hunch that at the end of life or whenever we'll be, we're able to look back on our lives, I honestly think that those of us who, who trust God, however haltingly, but we trust him, we can look back and go, you know what? I actually never needed to be worried. Mm. I never needed to. God was faithful the whole time. Yeah. But it's but we have to remind ourselves of that. You can't you can't just ingest all of this panic and fear and anger and anxiety and news and then expect not to be anxious. You've got to actually fill your brain with other stuff. Put your mind on what's pure and noble and lovely and you know admirable and excellent. Like do that and then be thankful that the peace of God will will surround you. That's that's how it's gonna happen. Yeah, I love that. And uh, for the last minute or two, we before we have to take a break here, Brent, I want I want to like give this example here for the person who says, "I hear you say that. I know that that's true, but I just got really bad news from the doctor." Or fill in the blank, whatever that tragedy is. Maybe there's something that you can share coming out of your own life. That person yeah. who says, 
I feel the anxiety right now, and I hear you say give it to God, but I don't know what that looks like. Can you kind of, in a sense, model for us, like, how have you learned to do that? Yeah, I want to. I would love to talk about that. It's going to take a little bit more than a few seconds, but it is. Well, then let's play a song. It's about becoming a different sort of person over time. And I want to talk about that. We can when we get a chance here. Well, we're going to do that coming up in just a few moments. Right now, Sidewalk Profits. It is called Help Me Find It. Don and Steve in the morning as we continue the conversation with Brent Hansen, author of Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. You know, in the Christian world, sometimes we hear things like, well, we need to take every thought captive. We need to speak truth to ourselves. And, you know, I, I think I kind of understand what people are saying when I hear that now. But there was a time in my life, Brant, where I heard language like that, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I hear that you say uh, that, and it comes out of the Bible, and that, so that's probably a good and true thing to do. But I don't know what that looks like. So when we talk about learning to, in the middle of anxiety and worry, and joy is possible if we learn to take our thoughts captive, speak truth, practically, what does that look like? Okay, well, joy, again, in case somebody's like, well, that means an emotion where I'm just like, oh, it's a wonderful day. Like, that's great. That's But that's not what joy is. Joy is this pervasive sense of well-being, regardless of circumstances. So you can be hurting and still have that pervasive sense of well-being. I know this from friends personally. I bet you do too, or maybe in your own, own life. You can go through tragedy, and they'll say, you know what? God showed up in a way that I've never experienced before. I've heard that over and over from people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's trite. I don't think it's cliche. I think it's true. So we can imagine the worst-case scenario. But what if this happens? What if? Okay, Jesus said, don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. You can't handle it. You're not equipped for it. But the second thing is, even if that happens, I think God will show up in a way that you haven't experienced before. If you're like, I couldn't handle it. Not right now. But when it happens, maybe he shows up just in that moment. I've heard this over and over and over. And I, here's the other thing, too. Trusting God. I don't have the answer to every single question, right? I haven't got it all figured out. But do you trust his character by now? That you can say, you know what, even if the ship goes down, he's still going to make it all make sense. Like, I, I know enough about his character. I don't know everything. I know enough to go. He's been faithful to me. At some point, would I turn this over to him? And talking to yourself about, this happens throughout the Bible. Like in Psalms, David's saying, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. He's talking to his own emotions. So that's not that's not pie in the sky. That's not just religious talk. That's like a solid idea about human flourishing is you recognize I'm feeling this way, but it's not reality, is it? Like our feelings are not reality. So to be able to say, okay, I'm feeling anxious, but let me speak to that. It matters. Mm-hmm. This isn't true. God is in control. He actually loves me. He's going to make this work. I tell people it's like watching a game. If you, if you know your team wins in the end, like you've, you've seen the game already, the first time you watch the game live, you're all upset. The refs are ripping you off. You're getting, you know, your team's going down. This is going to end the season. But if they win at the last second and you rewatch that on YouTube, you're not, you're not frustrated watching that game because you know how it ends, right? Yep. If I actually know how it ends and that God is actually good, and Jesus keeps saying he is good, you don't have to be worried. It's You could be of good cheer. In this world, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. 
That's not naivete. It's not silly. It's not just religious talk. He knows something that we need to know too. And we need to have faith like him, not just in him, but look how relaxed he is. Like th this should be us. We can be this way. It's not, again, it's not pie in the sky. It's quite realistic and it's quite wonderful. And it makes life a lot more light. You can be lighthearted. You can be more childlike. You can laugh with people. You can be more present. That's who we're supposed to be. And it's a good thing. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He would remind us. That's why we can continue to trust him. But Brant, we hear your voice on MediShare. We hear your voice oh, yeah. on the Brant Hansen show. We see you kind of pop up everywhere. So of course you can say God is good, even though life is hard. I mean, your career, it's stellar. I'd trust him too well, with that. You know what though? And I make a point of saying this in the book too. I didn't have a plan for my career. I don't have a big plan. I still don't. But what I was taught and what I've noticed in the Bible was that you're supposed to focus on today and you let God make a path for you. This is a much lighter way to live. So I honestly, I walk the dog in the morning and I talk with God about what we're doing together in life, which I've heard is the best definition of prayer. Like he's looking to partner with us. And I ask him for resources for today, my daily bread. So that's for me, because I'm an introvert. I ask for social energy. I ask for the energy I need for the day. I ask for things to say that'll be a blessing to people. Like, please give me words, because I don't have them right now. And he provides every day and makes a path for me that I could not have designed. So, and, and if there's any question about, well, you've never had a bad day in your life or something, well, that's that's hilarious. Like, you have no idea about my background, my traumatic upbringing. Like, I could go on and on about it. Like, like <laughs> but that's that's it's a testament to his goodness we keep showing up every day to talk with him even though we're sinners keep partnering with him keep showing up not not recoiling in shame not walking away let him make a path for you then you just focus on today and it's a lot more enjoyable mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a lighter more simple way to live it's 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 so much fun it's his yoke and not our own. Oh, Bryant Hansen, I love that you understand the life is hard. You totally live out God is good. And that's why we can dance. And that's the name of the book. Life is hard. God is good. Let's dance. Brant Hansen with us. We'll cut away to Shane and Shane and come back with more of the conversation. Chris, thank you for your text this morning. Kathy as well. 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. With a conversation, Brant Hansen joining us. Life is hard. God is good. Let's dance. How in the world can we think about that when we're inundated with everything that's difficult? It could be the national headlines, Brant, those personal headlines, and dancing just doesn't seem to be uh, the appropriate response. And yet we are believers. We're members of the kingdom of God. How do we allow the kingdom living to impact us here on this side of eternity? Well, first, we have to know what the kingdom of God is. And this is wild because I've been on Christian radio, you know, and I've asked listeners, hey, call in, tell me what was Jesus' favorite topic. And nobody knows. It's Christian radio. You can be around church people. It's me too. Growing up, I, I would be like, well, is it heaven, hell, money? You know, this. it's the kingdom of God. But when you talk about it, people don't actually, they're like, yeah, I know what that is, but they don't. <laughs> they really don't. But it's where he his his rule and reign happens, where what he wants happen happens. And the gospel, the good news is that the kingdom is here. It's breaking through. 
like other, they would use the word gospel, the, the Greek word for it, like for other kings. They'd be sweet. Caesar Augustus is here. The good news, the gospel, his kingdom is here. Like, so when Jesus is using that term, he's like, my kingdom's here. I'll show you how it works. And it's awesome. But this is a very good reason to be very joyful. People yearn for this kingdom, even if they don't know anything about it. Even if they don't believe in God, they yearn for it. I, I have a an idea that we get goosebumps when we see it. For instance, I can't watch one of those YouTube videos. I don't know about you guys, but like when the soldier comes home and he surprises his daughter or something in the classroom, like, oh my goodness, the reunion videos. Yep. Or even the soldier comes home and the dog is reunited. Like, I'm crying. Reunions, you watch a video with somebody that gets their sight restored for the first time or their hearing, they can finally hear. You start crying. Your hair stands on end. You get goosebumps at the Olympic opening ceremonies when there's people from all nations gathered together in peace and there's a processional. Why? These are all harbingers of the kingdom. This is all like people being healed, people being reunited, people living in peace finally. We're, we're made for this. So you're literally, your body is having a reaction like, that's my homeland I'm seeing. That's where I'm supposed to be. But that's what God's kingdom is. And when it's breaking through, that means Jesus is like, I'll show you how it's breaking through. And then what does he do? He heals people. Mm -hmm. See, it's breaking through. So I work with this hospital network, Cure. You can check it out at cure.org, but it's all about Jesus. And we heal kids and they're talk to their families about Jesus, like with surgeries. But it's like, that's the kingdom breaking through. Healing the sick and proclaiming this kingdom is like, see, that in, in heaven, the lame are going to leap like deer and the deaf will hear. And that's going to be awesome. Imagine that party. So if the kingdom is breaking through, why can't I be hopeful? Or do I have to be like, yeah, but the headline says, no, no, no. The kingdom is breaking. Do you realize how good that is? A lot of people lose, they leave the faith and they don't even mention the kingdom. Like, why were you in this for? Like, why would you leave this? It's too good. I don't want to, I don't want to leave that. I think it's beautiful, but we need to talk about it more and give people a vision for it. Cause, cause being a part of that kingdom is, is so peaceful. I love that. You're absolutely right. We do need to be talking about that more and love those little glimpses and those breakthroughs that uh, you're pointing us to. Brent Hansen with us, author of Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. Brent's best-selling author, syndicated radio host, and advocate for Cure, these international children's hospitals. We want to connect you with him and with this book, and so you're going to find links on our Facebook page. When you're on Facebook, you're just looking for Don Steve in the Morning.